God bless you. Thank you for catching up with, with, the, with us and, and uh, joining in again with us. Praise God. Um, I want to get, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 to 7, I think. I want. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses six to seven. Okay. When you have that, say amen. We've been talking about Malachi and we've talked about the curses and we, we kind of laid it out. I wanted to go a little further and deal with a couple different areas. And one of the areas um, that I would like to deal with is excuses. I want to deal with excuses. Um, some excuses and whatnot, you know, we deal with excuses. Do, do y'all remember me telling you that story about Jimmy? Y'all remember telling my story about Jimmy? Um, there's a, a, little, a little boy named Jimmy. He had, uh, well, this pastor told the story that uh, he had um, he had phoned home to some recent visitors to the church, and um, those family came to visit the church, and he just did a follow up check on them, you know, like most pastors do. And when he made a phone call um, to the home, the person said hello. And the pastor asked and said, well, who, who is this? And the voice on the other end of the phone said, this is, this is Jimmy. So the pastor said, how old, how old are you, Jimmy? He said, I'm, I'm four. And he said, Jimmy, may, may I speak to um, your mom? You know, is she, is she available? Um, is she busy? Can I, or if she's busy, can I speak to your, your dad? And Jimmy said, um, mom is busy and dad's busy too. So the pastor said, are there anybody else, any other adults in the house? And uh, Jimmy said, yes. He said, the police are in the house. He said, well, can I um, speak to the one, one of the police officers? And Jimmy said, well, they're all busy. So the pastor said, well, who else is it? Who else is there in the house? He said, well, there are um, some firemen in, in the house. He said, well, the pastor said, well, put one of them on the phone. And Jimmy said, well, they're busy too. And the pastor said, well, Jimmy, what, 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 are, what are they all busy doing? He said, Paul's going to be said, well, they're looking for me. <laughs> and so... Do you not know some of the Christians are like Jimmy? They're hiding out. And, they're, and it, it is especially true when it comes down to the responsibility um, as being a good steward over their finances. Okay? So I, I, do you have 2 Corinthians? 
2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses, I think I had what, 6 and 7. You had to say amen. But this I say, he which so sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart. Huh? So let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth what? A cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And um, so when you look at, um, there's, there's, there's excuses for not giving. It, it said, my brothers and sisters, there are three kinds of people that are um, in the world. There are those that make things happen. There are those who watch things happen. And there are those who don't have a clue of what's going on. So when we render services un unto God, services to the Lord cannot substitute for the lack of giving. I clean the church. I take the trash out. I, I um, um, mop the floors. I do the windows. I cut the grass. They're my services. But it does not excuse you from giving. Huh? And um, giving, when you give your time to the church, um, it's good, but it still doesn't take place of your finances. Giving your more support is not a substitute for not giving financially to the church. So one of the most important uh, ways to prove your love to God is through giving. Giving what? Giving back what belongs to him. Huh? And so um, there's, there's, look at some of the promises that we make. Um, we make some promises here. And you that are here, you can just peek up there every now and then. And you're, you're, you're going to get a double dose here, all right? Um, for you that are um, listening to us or watching, there's another screen that we have here. Um, not to short you out, but... Uh, Maybe it'll just give you a little oomph into what um, I'm talking about tonight. And um, you'll understand it better. Um, we make promises. We make promises to the Lord. When we make promises to the Lord, um, you, 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 you can't let stingy members talk you out of what you promised and pledged to the Lord. Some People would tell you that, you know, you're giving too much. Now, really, if you don't mind, people let find out what you've given, you know. But but um, faith is a personal walk with God. And what you sow into God and give to God, that's your business. That's your business. Now, if you want somebody to know, that's fine. But sometimes people will try to talk you out of 
doing what you're supposed to do. And it's happened so many times. So don't don't let people tell you. Somebody tell you, you know what, you're giving too much. You're giving too much. You know. But how can you give too much when you promise God? Wait a minute. How can you give too much and you promise God? Wait a minute. Let's see. Let's think about this. It belongs, the tenth belongs to God. So you're giving back what's to God, what belongs to him. So how can the creature give too much to the creator? The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. So how can you outgive God? Look at somebody asking the question. How can you outgive God? You can't beat him. I don't care how you line it up, you can't beat God, huh? So keep your promise. Uh, if you ever promised God that you would tithe and give an offering or a pledge, God has heard that promise, expects you to keep it. You know, I often say, you know, be like Nike and just what? And just do it, huh? So let's see here. Now, I need y'all to help me do this math, okay? I need everybody to help me do this math. Are you, are you ready for it? A preacher came to see a farmer and asked him, if you had $200, would you give $100 of it to the Lord? And the farmer proud, he so proudly said, I would. So the preacher went on and said, if you had two cows, would you give one of them to the Lord? The farmer said, sure. If you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the Lord? The farmer said, preacher now, preacher, now you went too far because you know I only have two pigs. It takes no faith to want to give when you have extra. That takes no faith. Huh? But when the harvest comes in, and I will plant the seed. When the building is complete, I will buy the land. So giving is on the front end. It's on the front end. Giving is an act of faith on your part, as well as the act of obedience. So it shows how weak your faith is when you are reluctant to give. The farmer said, preacher, now that's gone too far. Why? Because if you notice, everything was if. If. But he knew he had two pigs. So when it came out to reality, uh, he didn't want to split what he had. But he didn't mind agreeing to the if. Got that? Some people say, oh, yeah, if I had it, I would. You know, well, when you get it, oh, I'll give. But now give me what you have now. Give to God. What you have right now, right? So prosperity is not cursing or profanity. Giving is taught in the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
So let, let me ask this question. How can we give less under grace than others under the law? Now, you remember, you have to understand the Old Testament and New Testament. I think um, there's a scripture in Luke, I think, 11. I don't, don't turn to it. I have to pinpoint it directly. But Jesus supports tithing in the New Testament. I brought this up when I think it was on Wednesday. Was, it, was that right? I think it was Luke 11 and um, was it 42? Um, you, you'll find that. Um, say Luke 11 and 42. Turn, turn to that real quick. Say Luke 11 42. You have it? What does it say? Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tie mint the root and all manner of herbs and what? Uh-huh. You, you, Jesus said, it's good that you tie. Now, you remember Jesus said, I come not to destroy the law. I come to fulfill the law. So since the law is not destroyed, I come to fulfill it. Tithing is yet in place. It's not an Old Testament thing. So do you, do you not know that some people use financial, uh, use well, some people use logical excuses. Giving doesn't make any sense to, they said it doesn't make sense to them. So what, what's, what's missing from this logic that most people say when it comes down to financial, get, financing, financial giving is what they're leaving out is God. They have left God out of the equation. They left God out of this equation. They have left God out of, the, of this logical excuse. Some people use um, financial excuse. I, I am already in a financial problem. And you say, I need to give. I'm already in trouble. And you say to give. So my brothers and sisters, you really, well, they say, I can't afford to give. So people who say they have um, figured out um, that they can't give, the ones that have already figured out that they can't give, what have they done? They've misfigured. They've misfigured. Really, the truth is people can't afford not to give. Giving is an insurance policy. Well, if I had more, I'd give more. I can't afford to give. There is no way 90% after tithing is more than 100% of not tithing. Did, did y'all hear that, what I said? There's no way that 90% after tithing is more than 100% of not tithing. I give my time to God, so I am not responsible to give my money. Hmm. I give to various other causes, so I don't have to give so much to the church. 
So there is much difference between all of us and our financial ability. So when, when, when we look at life and look at what we have, watch this. People may have excuses, but none of them really will hold water. Not giving, it could be a conversational piece, but there's no truth in it. You're just uh, beating your gums. You're just holding a conversation. Why, brother pastor? Jesus will never ask you to go anywhere that he hasn't gone. Jesus will never ask you to do or to face anything that he hasn't faced. Jesus will never ask you to love anyone who he's not loved. And Jesus will never ask you to give anything that he has not given. What? John 3.16. What? For God so what? That he did what? Now, wait, 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 wait. So then ask, ask yourself this question. How much money is enough? How much money is enough? Somebody walks up you walks up to you tonight. I don't want to say they text you because, you know, there's always, you know, that fraudulent stuff. Some scammers out there. So I, I won't use a texter. Somebody physically walks up to you and says, um, Whatever your name is. How much do you need? How long would it take you to answer? If somebody walked up to you tonight and asked you, how much do you need? How much or how long would it take you to answer? Would you really go into a high calculator mode? Huh? Would you say... And Calais, okay, I want my car paid off, I want my house paid off. You know, you, you talk so fast that you'll be speaking in tongues pretty soon, right? Your, 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 your thought will go into a heavy calculator mode. Or would you ask them to pay off something big? Or would you say, give me $20,000. And then when they walked away, you said, man. I could have had all my bills paid off. Huh? I wonder how much is enough. Let's talk about money. Um, that being said, you better turn to Psalms uh, 49 and 12. Okay. Am I going too fast? Fall Psalm 49 and 12. When you have it to me, when you have it, say amen. Psalms 49 and 12. I want you to hold that there. Biblical stewardship requires a believer to view money differently from the way that the secular world views it. In the secular world, the secular world equates affluence with success and happiness. Society is constantly struggling or it struggles to acquire as much wealth as possible. 
This is America. This is uh, capitalism. Now, America is a place to make money. I, 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 I was, I had asked, um, no, I was interested in some young folk and they were showing me some stuff and they, uh, they, they showed me how, I don't know what they call it, so somebody can let me know. I wish they had my other phone on because I could tell you to, to text it to me or show it on the screen, but there's people that, I, I watched this young lady have a big plate of king crab legs. What is it called? Say it one more time. Muck bang. B A, like blow up, bang. Another way she was eating, she's about to get a big bang there. And she had a big plate of king crabs. And she made this concoction up. And she's, you know, she's eating and slurping and, and all of this and, and just eating. And she talks about, well, y'all, what is it? Y'all, um, uh, uh, um, contact me or go to my website or whatever. But they said the more, if you generate enough people to watch you, you can make some money. Capitalism. And I'm looking at that. And I'm saying, well, no, I'm on the wrong business. But see, the way she was eating, she may not live to cash that money. When them crabs get missing, grabbing her around her esophagus and stuff. But, and they got a lot of stuff out there. So what am I saying? This is a place of wealth and people struggle. The, the, the world struggles and people struggle to inquire a lot of money. But I can hear the Bible talking to the faith family. What would profit a man if he or she could gain the whole world and lose her soul? So Psalms 49 and 12, what does the psalmist say? What does it say? 49 and 12? You have it? Let's see. Man despised man, despite his riches, does not endure. He is like the beast that perishes. No matter how much you one struggles for wealth, death still awaits because money cannot add anything to your life. Solomon, Solomon, a wise and rich man, he argues. He argues this point. Whoever loves money never has enough money. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with income. These two are meaningless, he says. As goods increase, so do those that consume. Go to, the, go to the book of Ecclesiastics. Are you with me? Come on and ride along with me. Uh-huh. Um, and give me, let's see here. Uh, give me do, 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 chapter 5 and verse 10 and 12. You got it? Five and look at 10 and 12. 
10 through 12. You ready for it? He that loveth silver shall not be what? Come on, let's read it together. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there if the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a labor man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. You remember when, I don't know if you ever, maybe you got your income tax and you got more than what you think you had coming in. You remember how you, you couldn't figure out how to spend it? Now you knew you should have spent it by paying off bills. That's what you should have done. But do you not know that you went against the Holy Ghost? Now you say the Spirit of the Lord told you what to do with your finances. But you said no. Why? Well, they got to sell. How I many? I hate to pick on the sisters. Will y'all forgive me? Will y'all forgive me? Will y'all allow me to do it? Please forgive me. How many fingernails do you get done when you go to a, a manicurist? How many? Oh, well, you got eight. You got two limbs and, and okay, but I, I, I'll go with the 10. I'll go with the 10. So you get 10 of them. There you go. There you go. And so uh, do you ever have... Um, uh, you get, you buy one, you get two, three, or you can see if you buy one set, you get two sets free. They don't, they don't do that. But this time they did it. And you got your income tax. So where did you go? Okay. All right. All right. All right. And let's see. In other words, you get one set and then you go back two other times and you get free. Okay, but it's it, it's it's a deal, but you had an excuse that you couldn't tie. But that's a deal. Is that right? And do you not know that you couldn't sleep because you were you were thinking about that money and how to spend it? Did you just read the scripture, or did you forget it that quick? Huh? Okay. Number twelve. The the sleep of a labor man of, of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. You, you can't go to sleep. Huh? Now, what, what, what are the benefits of the owner except to feast his eyes on them, the abundance of a rich man perish because he's, there's no sleep. Money is meaningless. It can never satisfy those who love it. Now, the scripture does say money answers all things, but didn't say the love of it. For the love of money is the root cause of all evil. Huh? So the struggle with for wealth brings with the dissatisfaction and not a better life. Let's see here. What's the truth about value? Biblical stewardship does not require that a believer despise money or discontinue to earn it. That's, no, you, you got it wrong. 
we all know that money is basic for living. We, we know that. The Bible does warn that the love of money creates evil. Is that right? Just write down 1 Timothy 6 and 10. You have that? It is so important not to allow money to become the center of one's life. When money is not the object of one's love and devotion, that person is free to focus on higher things. So if money does not offer much to life, what does? So then the Bible states, whoever trusts in his riches will fall. But the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Look at Proverbs 11 and 28. Write that down. Look at it. The righteous, not the rich, thrive. The righteous, not the rich, thrive. So the righteous have character. Proverbs 22 and 1 states a good name is more desirable then great riches to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So let's see here. It means the appeal reputation should be one's goal in life rather than the accumulation of all this wealth. Your character lasts, but money runs out. Will you write that down? Your character lasts, but money runs out. Character lasts. But money runs out. My brothers and sisters, believing in God offers the righteous a lifetime of wealth. According to Romans 11 and 33. Knowing God and understanding his love, my brothers and sisters, they are true eternal riches. So money does not love and it does not linger. Money does not love and money does not linger. Mm -mm. It's God who stands by and blesses the faith that I mean his people. God does the blessing. Uh, and not only that, but the overflow, it flows through our children. So the promise, not money, truly satisfies. The promise, not money, satisfies. Did you catch that? The promises of God, not the money, blesses the people. What the scripture says, and I have this confidence, that if I ask anything according to his will, he will, he what? That's the promise of God. If you notice, it wasn't the riches, was it? It's the promises of God. Huh? So, my brothers and sisters, spiritual, biblical stewardship. Stewardship, you better add this one in too. Stewardship is about the heart. Stewardship is about the heart. Stewardship is about the heart. Let's see here. Now, let's look at biblical stewardship. Biblical stewardship calls a believer to give back to God through tithing. Okay, we, we have that. We've been, we've been working with this for what? A few days. Spread out, right? Um, so the believer, the saint ought to set aside a tenth 
of his or her income for God. For God, tithing is not only about a percentage. It's not only about a percentage to God. It's not only about a percentage to God. But tithing has more to do with your heart. Stewardship is about the heart. Did y'all write that down? Okay. Stewardship is about one's heart. So during the act of giving, then the actual amount given to God. In, in, in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, write that down. St. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Um, the story, well, actually, you know, let's, let's, let's look at it. I don't know if I have enough time to do it or not, but. Let's see how far we, we can go with that. Luke 21. Look at the first four verses. Mm-hmm. The story goes, as he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Do you see it there? Okay. Do you do y'all see it over here? You got it? Okay. Um, so he looks up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Uh-huh. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. But she gave out of her poverty. She put in out of her poverty and she lived on. What did she do? She, out of her poverty, put in and all she had to live on. She, that's all she had. She put in all she had. But she lives on. The woman gave two copper coins that amounted to a fraction, uh, I think it was, the two copper coins with our money, I think when I studied, it said a penny. It added up to a penny. Okay? Now, stewardship, I said, is about the what? It's, it's, it's about the heart, right? But however, God viewed her small or trivial amount. He regarded more than the large offering of the rich. Why? Why was this? This is Luke 21, 1 through 4. By giving all she had, the woman showed her devotion to God. She was willing to offer everything she possessed to show her love towards God. So when you look at biblical stewardship, it's giving out of devotion rather than duty. Write that down. Biblical stewardship is giving out of devotion rather than your duty. See, I guess that's why it's like, you know, folk get an attitude. You know, we could be praising and worshiping God and having a high time in the service and fail to realize that giving is a part of the service. Right? 
And um, when it comes on to giving, the whole atmosphere can change. Then it, sh it shouldn't change, but it does change. Is that right? So giving is about devotion. It's about giving out of your heart. Huh? And a believer is willing to give out of poverty, not wealth. So let's see here. The ties in Israel being sanctified by God's commandment. And that was to honor the maintenance of his, the ministry, the, the Levites. And uh, also it served to relieve the poor. So it taught them and teaches us to honor the Lord with our wealth. Honor the Lord with our wealth. Proverbs 3 and 9. I'm going to say it again. Honor the Lord with your wealth. So what you're doing, you're acknowledging God to be the author of all our increase. Huh? Write down Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 13 through 18. And then look at Hosea. Chapter 2 and verse 8. And even they to, to honor and, and to honor the ministers and to communicate unto them all the good things. Timothy brings it up. Am I going to am I going too fast? Look at write down 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17. I want y'all to get this and follow up on this. Okay. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. And then I want you to look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. 6 and 6. So when you find the scripture say that they who sow into a spiritual thing should reap our carnal thing. It talks about giving and sowing. Even it talks about the preachers in also in giving and, and sowing, okay? Now, with excuses for not giving, we looked at Luke chapter 6, didn't we? And verse 19 through 21. I might have given the first four verses, but um, is that right? But you add um, 19 to 21. So just write down St. Luke chapter 6. 19 through 21. Do you have that? Write that down. So it says, lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth. Do you have it? Luke chapter 6, 19 through 21. Hmm? Okay. I heard I heard a yes. I'll slow down until everybody gets it. I got to hear another yes. I'm waiting. Okay. All right. All right. I hear some yeses now. All right. Luke chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Lay not up for yourself what? Treasures. Luke, and you find it. Treasures upon earth where what? Moth. Rust, Luke chapter 6, 19 through 21. 
Am I right? Okay, I missed that one then. That's all right. But the what I want is, um, no, it was in, uh, I could have been. But anyway, when you find it, and I'll, I'll bring it back up, it'll say, lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth where moth. 6, 19 to 21, okay. All right, thank you. Where moth, rust can corrupt it, is that right? Or thieves can break in, is, is that right? Thieves can break in and steal it, is that right? It says, but lay up for yourself where, what? Treasures were at in heaven where neither what? And where no thieves going to break in and steal. But where your treasure is, see, that's why it's a heart. It's a heart thing. So your treasure constantly appreciates treasures cared for by someone else. Treasures continues for eternity. Treasures causes God to be pleased. Treasures is an investment of what? Some 30, some 60, and a hundredfold, okay? Now, if you want to look at how it appreciates Mark 10 and 29, how it's cared for Matthew 6 and 30, How your treasures continue, St. John 6 and 27. How it pleases God, Philippians 4 and 6. And how the treasures is an investment of 36 and 100 fold, Matthew 13 and 33. And treasure is given with direction, Matthew 6 and 23. So wherever you put your treasure in, your heart is going to do what? Follow. Huh? Do you have that one? Well, let's let's go a little further. Um, If I can, let's see here. I, I would like to look at um, how that, you've heard me say it often. When you give, um, you give to get, to give again. How many times have you heard me say that? You don't give just to get. You give to get, to give what? Again. So we have a system of what? Of giving. And it's what? Flowing. And just just think about it. It's what? Continuously. It's flowing. So you know what I'm looking at? You give, right? To get, to give again. When you keep doing that, 
And when the Lord said, I will open up the windows of heaven, pour you out. Is it a blessing or blessings? If I'm not mistaken, it says a blessing. There's, tell me what it says. Uh-huh. That you may not have room enough to receive it. So as you're looking at that, you don't give to get. You give to get to give again. So what God is trying to teach us is that God wants us to use, to use us as channels of blessings. Huh? God wants to use us as channels of blessings. Mother, what does it say? I, 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 that's what I wanted you to say. What I wanted you to see, there was no S on there. A blessing, now watch it now. A blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. God don't have to put, pour out a lot. All God has to do is give it one time. Oh, did y'all get that? Oh my goodness. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that God can give me one time that I will have room? You know, it looks like to me. Now, y'all help me out. This is, well, we're in our consecration. This is our last Friday um, to teach during the consecration prayer. But the Lord says something is coming. We'll continue because Friday is living the word with Pastor Clay. So, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, look, you mean to tell me? And see, and that's how, that, because our minds, our minds. God can give you one blessing that you'd have to run around to try to find room for. <laughs> just, you know what? Hold on. Come on. Come on. Come on, y'all. This, this, you just say, you know what, God? You can pour it in my house. Now you got a basement. How many rooms in your house? You know what I mean? Just quickly, just overall. Seven rooms? Okay. Seven rooms. How, how many is yours? And I see you think, how many? Just give me seven. Eight, seven, whatever. Okay. Just my point is, God. Fill my house up. But there's not enough room. Do you have more room? One blessing will fill your whole house up. What? I will pour out a blessing that you will not have, what? Room enough to receive it. Is that right? So God wants me, did you write that? God wants to use us as a channel of blessing. God wants to channel blessing. Oh, I, I mean, I felt that with myself. Praise Jesus. God wants to use you as a channel of blessings. Hmm? Now, that's the giving that feels good. So you don't mind giving. I don't mind giving. Hallelujah. I do not mind giving. Why? Because the more you give, the more you get. So you don't. Give to get. 
You give to get to give again. Huh? Yeah. So God wants to give us a channel. So listen, when we pray, I'm eating up my time. Praise Jesus. When we pray, when we pray, when you pray, try this, my brothers and sisters. Don't pray and see how much God wants you to give. Pray and see how much God wants to give through you. Did you kiss that one? When you pray, don't pray. Don't pray a prayer and see how much God you want me to give. Lord, and you know, you sit up in the church. Lord, how much do you want me to give? Now, now, now some, the Bible says, give as purpose in your heart. Now, sometimes God, God will change it, change it. Say, no, you know what? You know that little secret compartment in your women's purses and that the brothers always got a secret place in a, in a wallet. So God said, go to that secret place and, and, and pull that something, something out. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't pray and ask God how much you want me to give. Pray, say, Lord, pray and see how much God do you want to give through me. God, how much do you want to channel? How much do you want to come, that you want to flow through me? Because I'm giving, I'm giving to get. To give, see, see the channel? We miss the channel. Because we all, what, what happens is we stop it, we stop our future blessing because we're trying to keep it all here. But God is saying, I just want to use, I want to use you in 2023. We're speaking life. Remember the first area that I, I that we gave, I said, speak life over our spiritual man, right? Speak life over our health. And then speak life over our what? Finances. Huh? God wants you to be so healthy. Oh, I feel that one too. Praise Jesus. God wants you to be so healthy with your finances that you're not like the person that can't sleep because he has too much. Oh, can't get asleep. You can sleep and yet do business in the morning. You don't have to worry about it. Is that right? Because God has already covered you. Y'all will receive that, put a praise on it. Come on, praise God for it. My brothers and sisters, giving should always feel good. Giving should always feel good. Um, is anybody familiar with stretching faith? I taught that before. Stretching faith. Mm. Stretching faith is always tough, but it brings the best spiritual feeling that you can imagine. Stretching faith. Stretching faith. Faith feeling. Stretching faith. Um, stretching faith really t- it shows us how, how to give and um, and that giving that will energize um, the feeling of good. Just think about it. We feel good when you, when you put in a full day's work and we didn't cheat our bosses. You can say, you know, I did my job. I didn't cheat my boss. Now, that's lying. Saints don't cheat their bosses on their job. If you know you'll have a half an hour lunch, uh-oh, oh boy, you know, we don't clock out early. 
We don't cheat our bosses, not, 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 not saints. You can, uh, you can feel good that you went to work, put in the good days, work. Because, you know, you're contracted for that, right? And then when you work hard, you go home, you take a nice hot shower. Oh, that feels so good. Oh. And then maybe you didn't cook the other night or you did cook or, and whatnot. And well, I, tell, I put it what you, you, you was motivated to cook the night before. And you just can't wait to get home and eat that meal. You, you did, uh, you, what, what did you do? You had, had some Iowa chops and you, you had some Iowa chops and you, and you seasoned them, you know, real, real good. You marinated them and then you, then you baked them and then you made some gravy and you put the gravy over there and you just made some homemade biscuits and, and whatnot. You had some, some dressing to, to go along with it and, you just had you just had a a, a nice meal. Mm. Yeah, hallelujah, Jesus. And you just had a nice and you and you got done eating. You said, mm, that was so that was so good, right? And then you laid down and you got your good nice sleep. But oh, that's, that feels so good. Oh, it feels so good. But you know what? Giving can be the same way. When I give, you know, I tell you what. This is honestly, when I give, I just feel good. And sometimes I don't give everything in my pocket. <clears throat> You've been there, and I just feel so, I feel so good about it. I feel so good that I was able to give. I get excited about giving. And you know what I do? I encourage other folks to give. And sometimes it just irks me to see. You, you can tell when people are, them, you know, them stingy givers. You can see it. You can see people come up, you know, in, in a church. You see them. Sometimes if you ever work, work the table and they're giving the offerings and the money is all crumpled up, it's all folded. Now, why would you do that? Now, this is 2022, 2023 now. Now, what, what can, you know what? I didn't end my sentence, but I let me give you what I discovered. Now, to make a correction, I, I used to say, what can a dollar buy? But now, I found, I don't chew gum, very, very seldom. I found a package of double mint, what's green? Spearmint, gum, 35 cents. It was 35 cents for gum. I said, oh, you can buy at least, what is it? For what? A who? A Debbie Cakes? Okay, well, so you get a dollar. All right, this is some dollar stuff. Okay, but I tell you what, gas not a dollar. <coughs> gas ain't dollar gallon. So what is what is my point? We 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 should at least start in our giving. When you give on the offering table, at least you just start with five five dollar bill. You still giving a dollar? You still putting a dollar in the offering pan? Huh? And this is 2023. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm eating up my time. So listen here. Let me let me end let me end with this. Again, when you find in the book of Deuteronomy, y'all y'all heard me talk about it, teach it, teach it, teach it. In chapter eight of Deuteronomy, God gives us power to go get well. God's the one that gives us the ability to get wealth. Amen? So Paul brings it up and he says, you know, a cheerful giver. 
And really, when you look at in the Greek word, cheerful means hilarious. So God wants us to give and, and give in, in a hilarious way. Um, we're rich when we give. We're rich when God gives us enough to take care of our needs and have extra. You don't know how blessed you are, but when you get into your car and drive your car, think how blessed you are. When you're able to take that hot shower, think about how blessed you are. When you, can, when you can't make up your mind what restaurant to eat at, look how blessed you are. Huh? And do you not know that God promised if you give him that he will enlarge your financial capacity? God is so generous. We talked about the scripture earlier, right? Can, can I close out with Luke chapter 6 and 38? What does it say? I hope I ain't in Matthew. But I know I got this one right. 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Shall what? Men give unto your bosom. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God, wait a minute. Oh, you know my time now. God will bless somebody to give to you. And you know what? You don't know who's going to be. But the Lord said, shall men what? Give unto your bosom but with the same measure that you have met with all, it shall be measured back. Now, wait a minute. So if you become a hilarious, hilarious giver, a cheerful giver, God will send some cheerful folk to pour into you and to bless you. Huh? We get to give. To do what? To give again. God wants to do what? Use us as a channel to channel blessings to somebody else. Can you praise God? Can you praise God? My brother and sister, may God bless you. May God smile upon you. We praise God for each and every one of you that tuned in with us. I pray these lessons in giving has been a blessing unto you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord bless you. Be safe. And thank you for tuning in with Living the Word. Pastor.